0: I think you're wrong. Which part? All of it. I think there's no good in the field that I put down. That's what I think. And how do you know? I just know. Look around, man. This city—it stinks. It's a sewer. It stinks and it smells like shit, and I can't get the stink out of my nose. I think that this world—it needs men that are willing to make the hard call. That's That's what I think. I think think you and me are the same. You know it. Only I do the one thing that you can't. You hit them and they get back up. I hit them and they stay down. I make sure that they don't make it out on the street again. I take pride in that. Let me ask you this. What's that? What about hope? Oh fuck! You want Come on, talk Frank. My Santa Claus. You want to talk about Santa Claus? I live in the real world, yeah. so and I've seen it. What have you seen? Redemption, Frank. It's uh, real and it's possible. The people you murder deserve another chance. Want to kill again, rape again—is that what no, you Frank, want? No, Frank. To try again, Frank. To try. I'm Griffin.
1: I'm Molly. And we're going into the superverse. Dun, 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 dun.
0: hello everybody welcome back we've got an unplanned episode for y'all today what yeah you heard it now it's not public but we do have a little schedule that we keep in our very official notepad document on our phones but we had a lot of free time to kill over the last couple days
1: you know griffin with this special episode surprise episode you're turning into a real daredevil Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun.
0: Oh my God! Yeah, that was
1: an unplanned joke.
0: It was. It really was.
1: Thankfully, I landed it.
0: You did. You did. You landed <laughs> it just as well as Matt Murdock lands all those unnecessary flips that he does every time he fights a ninja.
1: Now I know what you're all thinking. Uh oh, Daredevil, not Ben Affleck. No.
0: No, not Ben Affleck. We've seen it. We did not talk about it on the pod, but we did talk about it. And we will revisit that movie eventually. Maybe we'll watch the director's cut when we go back to it. But no, we're talking about everybody's favorite, the Netflix version starring Charlie Cox, who has recently made his triumphant return to the MCU.
1: The star of Far From Home. No Way Home. Yes. Spoilers? Should we cut that?
0: I don't know. Maybe we'll just put a tag in the beginning. Um, Yeah, you know, this guy had all of a 30 second cameo and he crushed it and he did have a lot of deleted scenes that he was in. Oh really? Maybe they'll release those. It was supposed so. to be a, a courtroom scene and some other stuff, but yeah. So I had seen all three seasons of daredevil. Um, mostly when they had come out, I think I watched the first season a little bit late, but after that I, I kept pace. But I had had, not
1: seen any of it. Well, I'd seen like bits and pieces as Griffin was watching it.
0: Yeah. And I had also watched most of the other Marvel Netflix shows with a couple of exceptions here and there. But Daredevil is by far, I would say, overall the best and also the most consistent, both between seasons and episodes of those seasons. And I was really excited to rewatch the whole thing. And let me tell you, we knocked it out real quick.
1: And what, like. A week and a half.
0: The half is being generous. I mean, we watched season three in two sittings. We watched the first four episodes. uh, And then we the next day, we sat back down on a rainy Saturday and proceeded to watch the rest of it. Episodes five through 13. So
1: happy New Year's to us.
0: You could say that we enjoyed it. Now, this is a bit of a unusual episode you know usually we are covering a season of a disney plus show which tends to be shorter or for some of the shows that we've watched we've even broken that down into halves of the season um obviously this time we were talking about 39 episodes of a show so we're not really going to be going through
1: and plot by plot. we didn't point. take notes yeah
0: we didn't take notes this is a this is a freestyle discussion we had thought about making this a bonus episode, but no, we figured this, this deserves its own thing.
1: Actually, we thought about each season we would do a bonus, but we just flew through all three seasons so quickly.
0: Yeah, we would have had to make ourselves hit pause and break out the mic and all that. And quite frankly, we just weren't going to do that.
1: We had to get on to the next episode.
0: Yeah. Uh, we hadn't watched a, a Netflix show, or at least I hadn't watched a Netflix show in a while, and I had forgotten how much they they know that they're releasing all these episodes and once they want people to sit down, binge the whole thing. So they do not make it easy for you to be like, here's a good stopping point. You know, they, they will lop those episodes off right in the middle of a very exciting scene and just basically challenge you to not let it just continue playing.
1: Well, yeah. So should we at least try and kind of take it season by season a little bit? Or do you want to talk about like, the overall players. Do you want to quiz me on it?
0: Um, <laughs> I don't have any quiz questions prepared. But yeah, let, let's talk a little bit about just the thing as a whole first. Um, obviously, this was the first Marvel Netflix series. This kick-started what it's is known the as... the Iron
1: no- Man of its era. It is.
0: <laughs> you know, it started off the Defenders-verse. I think these shows all... I'm saying... Um, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist were all pitched to and Netflix the at the same time. Punisher came later. I don't think Punisher was planned on having his own show until after they Daredevil season two. They fell in love two. with yeah. John. And people loved him and they were begging for it. So, of course. And they were going to uh, have like a surprise release for it and stuff, but they ended up taking it like a bit more traditionally. But I remember when the uh, trailer came out, they didn't have a release date attached and everyone was getting really antsy about it. But um, I think expectations were pretty high because the first season came out in 2015 and that was still the time that Netflix shows were considered like very prestigious. I think we're talking like early seasons of House of Cards and Orange is the New Black and had
1: Stranger Things come out.
0: Mm, no. I don't think so. Not yet. But, you know, like the Netflix originals had like an right. air of like, oh, this is going to be good because it's a, yeah, that has really changed. Like Netflix and
1: Marvel mashup was like coveted.
0: Yeah. It was like, okay, this is going to be like a mature, like high budget thing. And it was, I, th- not,
1: Which I wouldn't think it was like the highest budget, but I do think it, especially Daredevil, was like really good. And yeah. I would say first season of Jessica Jones was felt very much in the world uh, that they created in Daredevil.
0: Agreed. And I think a lot of people viewed these shows, and Daredevil especially, as, like, the much-needed more, like, adult alternative to shows like Arrow and, like... Oh, like, it
1: wasn't quite CW. Yeah. And I mean, I think there were the, some the, elements. The Flash
0: had just started. Yeah, but, you know, I think a lot of people were like, this is a step up in one way or another.
1: I actually feel like Luke Cage, of the ones I've seen, because I didn't watch Iron Fist, felt, like, lighter than... Daredevil and Jessica Jones.
0: Yeah. I mean
1: And I think maybe its just like that quote unquote villain didn't have as high of um stakes.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think totally Daredevil and Jessica Jones season one were by far the darkest that they did and From from everything else that they didn't feel the need to uh
1: And violent. S- very violent.
0: Super violent. Yeah, yeah. Luke Cage was definitely not, not as violent, neither was Iron Fist, so
1: <sighs> like nobody hits harder than Luke Cage, so it's not going to and he's not trying to hurt people. So <laughs> Daredevil's yeah. trying to hurt people. Jessica Jones is not afraid of hurting people. The Purple Man certainly not afraid of hurting people.
0: Like 90% of the subtitles or closed captions for Daredevil are bones cracking.
1: Oh my god. Yeah, I turned away a lot. So I probably so missed so
0: many bones
1: snapping. 25% of the show by closing my eyes or pretending to look at my phone.
0: It's pretty rough, you know. Matt doesn't kill people, but he uh will certainly make them wish they were dead.
1: Yeah, he's like, Well, I don't kill people, but there's like there's like multiple guys that are in comas forever because he's of like, what they're I still I breathing did. though. So doesn't God worry, can't heavily. fault make... me for that. Nope. Also, he's perfectly fine with like certain people killing people.
0: As long as he's not doing it.
1: As long as it's not Elektra or <laughs> as long as it's not women, basically. <laughs> because those go nuts. Well, no, he won't he does try and convince the Punisher not to do things that way. But like, whenever he's with like the cops or the FBI, he's like, like I guess he's like that's part of their job, so it's fine. Like he, the more the morality is questionable.
0: It's flexible. It's sure. certainly flexible.
1: <laughs> As is the Catholic Church on most things, so that makes sense.
0: So. I think what... uh,
1: I'm also happy to bring the Catholic perspective to the the series. Oh, we'll we'll discuss that.
0: (laughs) Charlie Cox is, for most people, one of those actors that has become the character, and obviously that's why he's been brought back. Um, He just did a really great job across all of his appearances encapsulating the Catholic guilt, the kind of mental struggle that he goes through trying to live this double life and how he addresses that with his friends and it's bolstered by him being surrounded by a really great supporting cast with, uh, Eldon Henson playing foggy Nelson and, uh, Deborah, what's her name? Deborah, something wall. I think Deborah Ann wall playing Karen page. And of course, Vincent D'Onofrio as Fisk. Everybody in this show is very well cast. Um, Even like the ones like Yeah, we're scrolling through IMDb right now, the guy that plays uh Ellison. Oh, yeah, him. I also love Brett Mahoney. Right. And like all these guys that kind of alternate between being side characters in earlier seasons and then becoming main players later, or vice versa, um, you know, no one no one lets the acting down and it all feels very believable. And I know that some people don't like Karen, I think she gets, um, you know, people are annoyed by her character. Not so much for Foggy, although I think reading back on discussion threads on forums about the first season. People season sure one, him either.
1: he's kind of annoying.
0: Yeah. Um, but, you know, as the show goes on, it's we get so much time to flesh these characters out, which is great. And not something that we always get from movies or even like the shorter Disney Plus series. So I really appreciated that and putting them on such like a drastic journey across these three seasons um, really gets to display all the sides of these characters. Like, you know, I would never have expected to have to wait until almost the end of the third season to really dive into Karen's backstory and, you know, get they, introduced to, like, Foggy's family and stuff, but it was really cool to have that opportunity.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't even, like, it didn't seem like they weren't going to do it. Like, they kept referencing stuff about Karen's past, like, from pretty much the very beginning. And, I mean, the Foggy stuff, yeah, it was kind of surprising that they never showed his family before, but he obviously mentioned, like, the whole Butcher thing was, like, such a plot Right. <laughs> or, and, like, but there a, wasn't,
0: like, a mystery there like there was yeah. for Karen, so it was fine. But, uh, you just want to jump into season one? We'll just, uh... Sure. Yeah, let's go season by season. So, season one, we meet Matt, who has been daredeviling yeah, for... about his
1: childhood a little bit? Yeah. Um, yeah, so his dad is a locally famous boxer, Batlin' Jack. Uh, he is in rigged fights a lot, but he always gets back up. <laughs> um... Most of the time, and anyway. um, young young Matthew is dubbed with taking care of him. There's no mom in the picture. Um, learns how to stitch up a wound, which really comes in handy for him as an adult, I would say, life lessons from his father., um, but anyway, he gets blinded as a child, blah, blah, blah. Apparently, when he gets blinded, it gives him heightened abilities, abilities, quote unquote, which he like is afraid to say to people. Cause I guess it's like implied that it's like a power, but like that is a common thing amongst blind people. As far as my understanding is that like your other senses are heightened because you've, you're not using your sight I mean not I, I think it's in it's obviously implied that his are like more sensitive, especially like his hearing and smell and yeah. stuff. But still he can say like, yeah, my hearing is better because I don't use my eyesight. <laughs> like that's that doesn't have to be a secret, I yeah, guess. I
0: kind of forgot that they kind of hint at whatever radioactive material he got on him.
1: Yeah, all of his conversations <laughs> with Stick in season two are like about him being like special. But, whatever. I mean, what else do you want to say about his childhood?
0: Kid goes through it, you know? Yeah. He's not having a good time. Oh, yeah, and
1: then his dad gets, like, killed, and he goes to the orphanage where his mom is secretly the nun there. She so don't find out until the end.
0: I and mean, we don't even see her until I the know. third season, so.
1: And we get Father um, Lantum. Lantum, which is a great character throughout. Kind of his... he has, There's, like, a running motif, I guess, of... Uh, Matt with his angels on either side of his shoulders and they like really do that in the third season where he's literally imagining talking to Kingpin throughout the whole season and his dad at one point but like in the first season I I take it as like that is his conscience is the father Lantum yeah, which is the is. most unrealistic Catholic priest ever <laughs>
0: Oh, i on
1: that. I just, As the
0: Catholic on this pod.
1: They just made, like, the Catholic Church so much, like, looser than I think it really is. And, like, the way that priests, like, interact with their constituents. Like, I mean, I think that he, if anything, he'd be, like, a Jesuit priest, which is also part of, like, Catholicism. But, like, that seemed more, like... A little bit more bohemian, I guess. Yeah, he's <laughs> not a, the right word. But he's a
0: cool guy. Yeah. Too cool of a guy. But love him. And I like that we meet Matt at a time where he's been doing his daredevil thing for a little bit. Like, we don't see him, like, going out to fight crime for the first time in this show. Yeah, the timeline is but a we little do, suspect
1: later. that they put forward in the show. Because yeah. I think they kind of ret- kind with all of the electro stuff in season two.
0: Yeah, it's a little loosey-goosey.
1: Because he tells Foggy he started it, like, around the time that they started the practice. But the practice is starting when we start the show. But then where's all that time in between them leaving their internship and starting the practice?
0: Because he was supposed to have met Electra like what while ten, he was in law like school 10 years earlier or something yeah so. and then they
1: interned but then like immediately left that to start their own but then like there's a gap i yeah. think in the yeah. timeline which it doesn't it doesn't matter but i did i was thinking about that during one episode i was like something's not adding up with everything yeah
0: they but, didn't account for everything you yeah, right i mean i don't they weren't planning on all this before i don't know if they well, clearly, their their plan for the show, I don't know how early they had it written, but it extended for more than the three seasons that we got. But I do wonder if when season one was done, what they planned on and, you know, if they had Electra, if that was like always in the cards or what? I I'm
1: sure. I mean, because that's like from that's like what people know about Daredevil is Electra. I'm glad they didn't introduce that first thing because I think that would have been too... Not not just like that plot that they did, but just like introducing Electro too early I think would have been...
0: Yeah. No, I like what we got because it's very focused on Hell's Kitchen, which is, of course, presented as a massive part of New York when in reality (laughs) it is... It's like three blocks. It's nothing. And also it's super bougie now and it's like they took the 70s version of New York and slapped it in, which they try to justify by being like, the Avengers,
1: the incident, the incident,
0: uh, really like fucked things up, which, okay, sure.
1: Well, and there's somebody pulling the strings in Will's kitchen. Right.
0: I just, even aside, aside from him, who we will name shortly. Um, (laughs) it's just like all of the, the, the inhabitants and like the buildings and stuff. I'm like, this is not like upper West side, Manhattan, like, it's so not that, but I love it anyway.
1: And then where is Jessica Jones supposed to take place?
0: Good question. I'm not sure.
1: Not I, not near there.
0: Oh, I think it is Hell's Kitchen.
1: She's also in Hell's Kitchen? How is that possible?
0: I don't know. The Wikipedia says it's filmed in areas that look like old Hell's Kitchen.
1: Okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't know. But but all of New York is Matt's city. It's my city. Yes, it is. But well, I It's think, not even
0: your borough. Chill out. I feel out. like
1: that's what he means when he says my city is it's my Hell's Kitchen, which is its own city, apparently. It's just it's a little too much. His um, self-entitlement gets on my nerves a lot. That's the thing. But it's like such the superhero thing. Like we made a lot of comparisons as we were watching to Spider-Man and... And to Batman. Um, it's a lot of
0: like martyrdom and being like, yeah. this is my responsibility to save all these people. And no, you can't help me. And no, you can't get close to me because you'll get hurt. And yes, I know that this isn't a bad decision, but I still have to do it. But like, you're me. not
1: allowed to make bad decisions because only I can do that. I'm That's proprietary to me. <laughs> yes. Like only I can put myself in dangerous positions because I'm the only one capable of handling it. Like it's just, it gets so... Uh, and then, like, yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate that people kind of take that out on the secondary characters like Karen or Foggy because they're also, they're the star of their own story. And, like, because they're seen as adversaries to Matt in those moments, like, they're seen as annoying, I guess.
0: Yeah, like, they're almost always reactive to what Matt is doing. So, it's- And
1: he's a horrible friend as they basically say so many times in the third season Matt Murdock is not a good person. No, not at all. And he admits that.
0: So the first season, I like that it's very tightly focused and we get a lot of Nelson and Murdock action. And we're kind of presented with like a, a mystery because I always forget that especially after having watched season three, most recently where Wilson Fisk is like a very public name, and he's being covered in the news all the time. That originally he is, no one knows who he is. He's completely anonymous.
1: He's the employer.
0: Yeah, he's he lurks in the shadows. and People would rather kill themselves than tell someone else who, who like his name,
1: we which is meet crazy. Wesley, who I don't even think he says what his name is, Mm-mm. but. He's the face of the operation, as far as we know. But we know he keeps referring to his employer. Yeah,
0: he works for one of the... Or he presents himself as working for one of the many shell companies that Fisk owns.
1: And we don't actually see um, Vincent D'Onofrio until six episodes in. Like, his actual face. Yeah, it's
0: pretty late, which is pretty cool. Because even if you go into the show knowing that Vincent Sanoffrio is in it playing <laughs> Wilson Fisk, the air of like the threatening aura that's presented by the interactions that they have, whether it's with someone like Wesley or someone that Matt is trying to beat information out of. And like, you just know that this is he's yeah, he not sure. to be trifled with and they do a really good job of presenting him in that regard.
1: Uh, and I mean, I was kind of inspired to watch this show because of, both Spider-Man and uh, Hawkeye, because he's at the end of Hawkeye. And yeah. so I wanted to see how how he got there. I, even though we don't know, you know, really how he got there, because we see him going off to prison um, at the end of Daredevil. I wanted to know the backstory of um his character so I could be ready for um, when he shows up again.
0: Because I think even if they never acknowledge verbally the events of daredevil uh oh
1: i think they will
0: well i'm curious if they will because they just well they didn't have a, a reason to in hawkeye but people have been wondering about you know like what's canon what's not canon but either way vincent d'onofrio has said as much that regardless of how they decide to handle that this show certainly depicts like all of his characterization and stuff is a continuation he's from the daredevil. same character yeah And like we see, his uh, his cufflinks are the same in Hawkeye as in this. So like, whether they do little throwbacks like that, or you know, next time we see Fisk, he's like with Vanessa, and they're like, oh, all this, and they're referencing like, oh, it's like Dex, and he's you know he's in the hospital, and like all this stuff. I don't know. They have a lot of opportunities. Or if they wanted to tweak his character a bit, they could do that, too.
1: I don't think they'll make, like, super specific references, but I'm sure he'll acknowledge those attorneys or that guy. Like, he doesn't even want to put a name to Daredevil, but, like, I'm sure he will reference, you know, his downfall and stuff like that or that I used to run this town and now I'm taking it back. Which is
0: pretty much, he did say that that in Hawkeye, so, yeah.
1: It is interesting that he's being referred to as uncle in Hawkeye.
0: Yeah, I mean, only so that, much is from, from from Maya.
1: Yeah, but um, the other guy also calls him that. Kazi. Yeah. Yeah. That gang, it seems, kind of sees him in that role, and that's that's a very different kingpin, I guess. Um, but but he evolves in each season his first season he's yes more elusive more of the businessman running drugs um, I mean second season we get we get very little of him but he's manipulating from the inside of prison um, and with Punisher and then in the third season I think that's that's a very different Wilson Fisk than we get um, in the first season the way that he is running mm-hmm. the operation it's not. I don't know. I, I, he learns from prison about like, you know, paying the right people. Although he did that in the first season too. So I guess, I guess there's not that much difference, but
0: I mean, he definitely evolves and he reacts to how Matt and daredevil both together and separately have affected his enterprises and changes that accordingly. So if they ever do address it, I am interested in seeing how obviously at the end of daredevil, why he is a, you know, fallen from grace Uh, Both to the public and to the criminal enterprises of New York from, you know, having control over the FBI to working with the tracksuit mafia, (laughs) because like, come on, those guys are absolutely useless. But it's also because of the tone of the show.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think it'll make sense him being in prison again that he would get in with a group like that.
0: Yeah. Well, what was your favorite part or like aspect of the first season of Daredevil?
1: I, I think it's the mystery element. Um is this when we get Ben? Yeah. I really liked Ben and that plot um and learning about Fisk. One of my favorite episodes is when we learn about Fisk Fisk's backstory um and we see him like making breakfast, which is another theme throughout. Yeah. Um and, like what happens to him as a child uh it i mean he's like just such a wonderful actor vincent sonofrio and then how they characterize him where he has sympathetic qualities but you're never really rooting for him like he's not sympathetic as a villain but he has sympathetic qualities that you can recognize yes, in yes
0: he absolutely does I just, I do love that flashback episode so much and I didn't, I never connected it because I guess the first time and only time that I've seen the first season of Daredevil, I hadn't watched the wire yet. So it's the actor that plays Herc from the wire playing his dad and Herc can be a real asshole in the wire. (laughs) So, uh, this is, this is just Herc all, all grown up and it's just, it's brutal, but it informs so much about Fisk's character and he just has this this quiet rage that's always like one provocation away from him slamming off a dude's head in a car door and it just shows like where all that comes from
1: yeah but in his head he thinks he's much more calculated with his rage than he is yes um and that's like what he says that's why he says he wears the cufflinks but it's It's not true. I wonder if that's why Vanessa tries to stop him from wearing them. Because she's like, that's not who you are. Like, she kind of sees him for who he is and loves him for it. Which, I really like Vanessa. I think she's, like, such an interesting character. I would love to get more on her. And I'm sad we didn't in the third season. Um, But... They do a nice job of like building their relationship in the first season, but I don't think they show enough what she sees in him or like why she likes like these powerful men or anything like that. Yeah. Cuz it seems like she has probably been the manipulator in most of her relationships. Um but I I don't know. I just liked her and I really like that actress. I think she she uh, has like a grace to her. She does. In her scenes.
0: And it makes them it makes it like very believable. And, I mean, those scenes with Vanessa in the first season are, like, when we get the most personality from Fisk, seeing him as, like, this... He's, like, awkward and...
1: Yeah, uncomfortable. He's, like, kind of
0: embarrassed, like, in situations like that where he's not, like... You know, people aren't scared of him, kind of. Yeah, and he doesn't
1: have control over what she's going to do. Yeah, is that what you mean?
0: Yeah, exactly. So we we get to see both sides of him, but I just... They do such a great job because I, I think...
1: Well, and that sorry that episode where he's making the eggs ends with him making the eggs for her. Yeah, and I think that's really nice. And like I said, that comes up in multiple. Uh, There's an episode in every season has him making the eggs, and then my favorite episode in the third season, which kind of relates to that, is Point Dexter's um Dex's backstory, which is also in flashback. But that's shot really cool. Like that is such a well done episode. Um, but I, I kind of like when they do different things with the cinematography. And I think they played with that a lot in this series.
0: Yeah. Oh, it was beautiful. Like, yeah. Overall, this is a very well shot series. And, you know, I always talk about my, how much I like the one take or like the one shot fights and they're so cool. We get one in every season and they just keep stepping them up. And the one in the third season is just absolutely insane. Some people like the one in the second season better. Some people probably like the one in the first season better, but
1: what is your favorite episode from season one?
0: From season one? Oh boy. I mean the boy, flashback howdy. the flashback one is really good, but let me see. I wanna go and look, make sure I'm not forgetting anything. Because I I did forget a lot of the the details and actually like just straight up a lot of what happened. Like I, would forgotten about Karen and Ben going to find Fisk's mom and all that stuff. I, I didn't remember that whatsoever. I haven't seen this in six years. So
1: like season one is slightly more, um, is it episodic where each episode is a little bit more just like its own thing. Yeah, um, because especially the first maybe couple episodes they're introducing him doing his like thing at night and as the as the season continues you're starting to realize that they're all connected and and how they're all connected to the big guy fat man they always call him um and so that that's cool too in the first season that it's it's a slow burn i would say it
0: absolutely is oh okay yeah mine honestly mine would either be the flashback episode, um, maybe the one where Foggy finds out that Matt is Daredevil, and they're like arguing, and we get
1: the, the Nelson the, the flashbacks
0: Murdoch. and stuff. I like that one. Or hot take, the one where, um, I'm gonna start that sentence over. Hot take, the one where Matt is stuck in the abandoned building with Vladimir. Oh,
1: I really like that episode. I think that's really good, actually.
0: Because we get, like, a really good, like, we get this huge standoff, and we get this crazy moment where, like, the rookie cop has been, like, tied up because they're like trying to keep him quiet, and the corrupt cops come in, and they're like, oh, this officer's dead, and the guy's like, no, like, what are you talking about? And they kill him because that's like, oh, yeah, like, the even the police can't help you because Fisk owns everybody. Yeah, I also really like the finale from season one because you know we get Fisk throwing Leland down an elevator shaft and <laughs> all sorts of crazy shit. And I've, people really and me myself included, but it's been like uh, reminded to me uh, before we even rewatched the season. His whole speech when he's in the SWAT van at the end before he breaks out. Talking yeah. About, I am the ill intent.
1: Like, mm-hmm. That's such a. And it ties in with the whole Catholic thing, which is nice. Yeah. Um, were you surprised by one of my favorite characters in season one?
0: Yes. Yes, I was. Because you loved the most, one of the most villainous characters, James Wesley.
1: I mean, I loved him in that. I loved his role and who, who he was to fist. Yeah. I just thought he was very interesting and I was sad that they killed him off in the first season.
0: No, nah, he was really great. He, he was like,
1: cause I also think like it would have been an even bigger payoff for that to have come later.
0: Yeah, I get that. But it was also like, I, I, I don't know how That's it, it would have be when This was...
1: world is falling apart. Yeah.
0: But... Cause they, they had to like, kill somebody to like I kind of prove that point if they're not going to kill Fisk it was just like Wesley was so good at his job I know I, I, I find it that's hard why to I just
1: respected the work ethic uh,
0: honestly he's on that grind <laughs> he, he they could not have accomplished what they did against Fisk in the first season if Wesley was still alive because he was too good he would have figured out like all the stuff that Leland was doing for one yeah like, he couldn't have gone behind both of their backs he's too good um I don't know what it would have looked like if they had tried to save that until the end, but I did miss Wesley's presence for sure. And I thought they were going to bring in a new Wesley when, uh, Fisk met that mortgage guy in prison in the second season, but we didn't see him again, sadly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I actually forgot about that. Miss
0: him. He was cool. All
1: right. I don't know. That guy was just, I liked him.
0: Yeah. He was a, he was a chill guy. And then, you know, they they do like a time jump there, so we see him introduce himself to Fisk, and then immediately he's like running his little gang. And he was oh, like,
1: I meant Wesley. Oh, yeah,
0: uh, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and, and then was, they really held on to that with Karen killing him until the very end, too. I was like, when is that payoff going to happen?
0: Yeah, I mean, it made sense because like in during season two, like when he's in jail, there's there's no reason, like you know, it's it's done. Right. It's, it's not going to come back to haunt her. It's not until they start investigating all these loose ends again that I feel like she had maybe even moved on from him a bit until, you know, she's literally presented with a picture of him held by an FBI agent where it starts to be like, oh, shit.
1: She's holding on to a lot of trauma.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of holding in, holding on to trauma, let's talk about season two, which kicks off with the most traumatized of us all, Frank Castle.
1: Two, two traumatized characters, Frank and Electra.
0: Yeah. Oh god.
1: Um but yeah, no, we start with the Punisher, which these were probably my favorite episodes of the series was all the Punisher stuff. Um But it was super violent, which is weird that those were my favorite. But he was just like such a enigmatic character.
0: Oh, I mean yeah, that's I'm sure there are people out there who like the other parts of the season. I I don't know if I'd buy that anybody likes the second half of the season more because the first, like, I would say four, maybe five
1: episodes are, like,
0: flawless.
1: I also love a courtroom drama. Four
0: episodes, yes.
1: I love a courtroom drama, and it was ruined by Matt having his head up his ass and up Electra's ass. Like, I was just so annoyed because I was like, can we just do this courtroom thing and then get back to, like, whatever other bullshit you want to be doing? It's putting you Which in Which is a... exactly how Foggy felt.
0: Foggy and Karen. Yeah, just like... Yeah, but you... Karen
1: didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. She just thought he was an alcoholic.
0: Foggy's like, can you stop hanging out with Electric Nachos and just help us win this court case? Please. Um, Yes. The strong suit of the season is all the Frank Castle stuff, mostly in the first four episodes, and then there's still a story strand that continues throughout the rest. As far as I'm concerned, they could have made this like a six episode season, gotten rid of all of the hand bullshit, and I would have liked it way better. Because when it goes from like this very cool Daredevil versus Punisher with like some mystery in the background over like what's happening in the world right now that involves what happened to Frank Castle years ago. And then we sideline it so we can have a bunch of ninjas running around and doing backflips off the roof of hospitals. It just feels like, I don't it's,
1: dislike the ninjas as much as you do because I, I think they're like a worthy opponent of daredevil because it teaches them how to like fight without just the heartbeats. Like, I think that's one of the best things that they introduce. I get that.
0: I get that. But I think there's like some execution that I don't like. So for one, Going from the Frank stuff to the ninja stuff is like whiplash. Yes. Because it's I agree. like it's like very like realistic. Like my favorite episode is the one where they're on the rooftop talking about their morality right. and stuff. Red. Going from that to just, okay, I'm teaming up with like my assassin ex-girlfriend and fighting like a hundred ninjas at the same time. That felt some of the stuff like when we were talking about the CW things that felt very CW yeah. to me. So it's not like inherently bad, but
1: well, like I like the one episode where he and Electra go to that um, banquet or that gala and sneak in and look for the that ledger. one's cool.
0: That one's cool. I think I just, I don't know. Some of the, the, the stuff just felt like it's, it was like a bit of a step down and fight choreography And the story seemed a little janky and like, they weren't sure what they wanted to do with it. And I think it was also hurt by the fact that they were trying to do setup for defenders instead of just having a story that they could resolve in one season, which they did, you know, to an extent with, with Nobu and.
1: Yeah. They, it sounds like, and again, I didn't watch iron fist. I did watch defenders, but I don't remember any of it that they really drew out this whole hand business. Um,
0: they were really trying to build up the mythology and make them out to be like the big bad, but it, just but it was just it be like harder shoe-horned because
1: into this season.
0: And not only was it shoehorned, but it was just like after coming off of Fisk and Frank, like these guys just like, I'm just like, why should I care? Like this, this, I w- wasn't
1: scared of them. No.
0: And they're like talking about like this war and there's never really a war. They just fought in one office building And the whole black sky thing, which they never explain. I don't understand. They don't know what it is.
1: Are they trying to make like exorcism references? Like the devil?
0: I don't know. if, but Like
1: that's his thing. He's got the devil inside of him.
0: I don't know if like all the black sky is, is just like you, you don't die. Like you can come back to life or like, I thought that was just the hand
1: coming back to life.
0: Yeah. It's so bad. And I don't think that at any point during the writing of this season, Iron Fist or Defenders If you had asked one of the writers, oh, what is the black sky? They would not have been able to tell you.
1: Also, it would be fucked up if you were just trying to watch Daredevil. And then that thing happens at the end of the second season where you see Elektra's body. And then like when you start up in season three, it's like. Where's Elektra? And they never explain it. They're like, you're going to have to watch Defenders. Yeah.
0: And we didn't watch. Defenders
1: is basically season three of Daredevil. And then season three is season four.
0: Yeah. Like, we didn't rewatch Defenders because we didn't want to. (laughs) Because there's a lot of bullshit in it. And it just wasn't that good. But yeah, it's super important, unfortunately. And you get, like, additional development for Foggy and Karen. Because, like, Foggy's the one that brings the daredevil suit back to matt after he tries to quit and he's like blaming himself for his yeah, death and they
1: try and like explain that and like, yeah we don't ever see karen grapple with him being daredevil i'm just like because that's at the end of season two yeah
0: it's it makes it even more of a disappointment that defenders was not good i don't because know because there's if more hinging on it but whatever
1: how much defenders plays into like Jessica Jones, because wasn't it between season one and season two of Jessica Jones, or was it after season
0: two? I have no idea.
1: Because if it was... I think it's after season two. I was going to say, if it was before season two, it had no bearing on Jessica Jones's plot.
0: I actually don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, like, and there's stuff
1: like... And I don't know about Luke Cage.
0: Luke was in prison... And then in the Defenders, he gets out of prison because Foggy gets him out. You know, I think
1: that's always why I think we've seen season two of Luke Cage. I'm like, but we had that whole scene where he's like in prison and I forgot that that's part of Defenders.
0: Yeah, it's just whatever. Even my like lowest parts of Daredevil season two blow Defenders out of the water just because the writing is so much tighter for when it is good.
1: Well, so anyway, we have... Yeah, what you're saying, sorry, to go back to what you said a couple minutes ago, that if they had just done Punisher six episodes, but it's it's actually more than six episodes because the end of season two goes back to his story, which is super interesting. And I guess that's what season one of Punisher is about. It's
0: more in line with that, yeah.
1: But I think it would have been a much more successful season if they had just, I mean, I I guess that would defeat doing a Punisher series, but
0: but they didn't know I was so
1: interested in that military plot and like, how did his old c o or whatever become a the blacksmith? Yeah. and I just I needed so much more information about that. and it makes me want to watch the Punisher now. but
0: I, I swear that they had like an a and B team writing this season, and the B team got stuck with all the hand business.
1: a p team for Punisher.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, good job, P-Team. You, you knocked it out of the park.
1: And John Barenthal was so good. Fantastic.
0: Like, so good. So good.
1: Yeah, it, I think my favorite ma- episode was them talking on the roof.
0: Yeah. Red. Plus, people I love always, when he calls him red. It's like one of the few moments where someone uh, says fuck in any of the Marvel Netflix shows, which people are always like, because it's funny. These shows are incredibly violent, but no one ever really drops the F-bomb. It happens like three times across the shows. Maybe it's more in Jessica Jones than I uh, remember because that seems like it would be. Yeah, I'm pretty fashion. sure she
1: swears a lot. But uh,
0: I just think that's like a funny tidbit. I mean, you know, maybe if uh, they had managed to create a character representing the hand that is like so like scary and dangerous as Fisk or Castle. But like they just introduced this woman at the end Who's, like, running things. Who? The one that's, like, on the bus when they...
1: Oh, she's not running things. But she still works for Naboo.
0: Yeah, but, like, I'm just like, who are these characters? Like, why...
1: We get so little of Nobu that I'm just like, I you mean nothing to me. Yes, it's freaky, I guess, that you came back to life. But, like, we didn't see you die. We just saw you on fire. I also
0: just... I didn't really care about Nobu that much in the first season either. Yeah, so. no.
1: Well, they barely spent any time with him.
0: Yeah, I think it was just, like partially a failure of the second season writing, but also like,
1: like Madame Gao was so much more interesting.
0: Yeah. I'm just like, you didn't do enough. You didn't do a good enough job setting this up for it to be able to carry as much of the second season as you tried to have it carry. And it was just so much worse that it was presented right next to the Punisher stuff.
1: And I liked Electra. I thought she was interesting, but the stuff that they were doing with her was really annoying. And it was annoying that it was taking away from the Punisher stuff, which I know was, like, the whole internal conflict. But, like,
0: yeah, but it's not, like...
1: Franklin and Murdoch. It's but.
0: not, like, good to watch. Like, I get it like on a thematic level, but at the same time, I shouldn't be, like, watching that and being, like, holy shit. Like, can we just not get back to the trial?
1: Right. Um, but I think they could have... And, like, her whole thing also being trained by Stick and not, like... Him being a mark, like that I thought that was all good plot stuff and like interesting and I think they could have done more with that. And and her and Stick, like that stuff was good, I thought. When she like wants to kill Stick but he like I saves like her and then they yeah. both end up saving him and it's like a whole thing. I, I kind of liked all that stuff.
0: I guess I just wish that they could have kept it more intimate and not have like this whole like there's a war coming and stuff. Like yeah. you just have Electra show silly. up and like have a vendetta against Stick and have Matt, like, have to be, like, the mediator between them and also, like, juggling. I, I don't know. And then they, like, completely failed to tie the Punisher back into the plot and only had him show up and, like, kill a couple ninjas at the end and then peace yeah, out. Yeah, and
1: like, then, yeah. Like, why did there's... he decide to do that? We don't know.
0: Yeah. It's just them being like, uh. Did people figure out that know. it wasn't
1: him that killed the state's attorney? I don't know. And
0: I mean, presumably, yes, but
1: in the first season of Punisher, is he just like on the run? Yeah. does he like escaped? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought he somehow got like exonerated at the end of this season.
0: Definitely not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he probably shouldn't be. No, he definitely shouldn't be.
0: He's still out there doing his thing. So and, you know, after we watch season three, I'm like, damn, like. None of this stuff from season two really mattered, huh?
1: Yeah, that was that was kind of I was so confused watching the third season the beginning. And I was like, why do they keep introducing FBI agents? And I was like, are they sticking around? Griffin's like, yes, that's the whole season is the FBI. Like,
0: it's like, okay, we're we're not going to talk about the hand because I guess the hand's gone. Punisher. I have no idea who that is. This is basically a direct sequel to Daredevil season one
1: slash the defenders, I guess.
0: Yeah, you watch it, like... Just like, like, Matt
1: stuff is a direct reaction to The Defenders.
0: They could just attach, like, the, the Daredevil scenes from The Defenders as a post-credit scene to Daredevil Season 1, and then we're gonna go.
1: I wish they had done a little recap of The Defenders before we watched Season 3. We
0: could have done that for ourselves, so I'm not gonna blame them for that.
1: Well, no, they should have done that for us, but they want us to watch Defenders. Yes,
0: not gonna work. I think The Defenders was Netflix's least watched Marvel show.
1: I even tried to read it quickly on Wikipedia and it was so boring. I fell off after (laughs) three episodes. I
0: fell asleep (laughs) reading the Wikipedia page. I don't want to have to see Danny Rand again. So I can't
1: focus on this. I was like, and they kept mentioning characters. Like, I don't remember who that is. I don't (laughs) remember who that is. (sighs) But so that's season two. Yeah. We get a little bit of Fisk building up his, internal team in prison he takes over for and he gets his name yeah
0: and uh you know props to kingpin for being like one a career criminal who doesn't get immediately killed by the punisher upon meeting him and then also tries to kill him and still walks away with with his life and like i believe it when they're saying that the next time they meet like one of them will Only one will walk away alive, but they never interact again.
1: Where does the Punisher take place? Is it still in New York? Yeah. He's just in a different part.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's in, he is in New York the whole time, but you know, it's so disconnected except from the fact that Karen shows up that it's, I don't even think they talk about Kingpin or anything. And the first season of the Punisher came out before Daredevil season three. So I'll give them that. They didn't know what, like what they were going to do. But then I think the Punisher season two takes place outside of New York. Maybe I haven't seen it.
1: I also think it was really smart writing or I don't know if this is just part of the comics, but Karen becoming a reporter instead of a legal assistant because she's a great reporter. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what her writing is like, but she's a great at investigating stuff. I
0: don't know much about Karen from the comics. I do know that in uh, the comic arc that they kind of took some inspiration from for season three, which is called Born Again, and it's based around Fisk basically, like, tearing down Matt and destroying his life in every possible way, because... Why not? It's like, this came out, I don't know if it was 80s or 90s, but, like, super edgy comic book times. so Karen... Like leaves the law firm and tries to become an actor,
1: but so that goes literally turning her but into jet. That, that goes
0: horribly, <laughs> so she ends up addicted to heroin in Mexico, and I think she's like out of money, and sells Matt's identity <gasps> as Daredevil to get more drugs. Yikes! And then Fisk it works its way up the ladder, and Fisk finds out. That's and rough. like burns down his like house and like the law office and all this stuff. So he's like, Matt's like homeless.
1: Oh my God. It's
0: like batshit insane. And they, they took some of the inspiration from it. Basically just like Matt.
1: Well, they do have her doing the heroin stuff and right. Like, yeah, I think that's
0: like a reference, but like Matt, like being presumed dead and, you know, like not knowing anybody. I think that was some of the inspiration that they took. But that comic is nuts and Fisk is like, it's so comic booky. And actually I thought, and it was a, a common theory, because they introduced that guy, Will Simpson, in Jessica Jones. Do you remember him? No. He's the cop who gets addicted to the, those like like oh, super soldier like, like yes, medication yes. thing. That guy shows up in the Born Again comic, but his his name is Nuke. He's like a supervillain and he has the American flag tattooed on his face and Fisk like drops him into hell's kitchen. And he just starts like murdering people to try to draw out daredevil. And then like captain America and iron man show up and like arrest him. And everyone's like, Oh my God, like how are they going to do this? No, they killed, uh, will Simpson. Like the first episode of Jessica Jones season two. And people are like, guess not
1: i mean they do a little bit of that with dex i guess he's supposed to be the one like wreaking havoc yeah should we talk about
0: i think that's straight out of the comic too the fake daredevil suit and bullseye using it so yeah let's let's get into season three y'all
1: yeah i guess we did already kind of transition because i was saying about the fbi agents yeah so we we start in with nadim yeah ray ray special agent um and i was very worried but they did a fun, not fun, a sad twist with this where he's not really the one that is corrupt. I mean, obviously, he is well, forced to they, go
0: with They did such a good one. job where it's like, you're presented, he's very sympathetic, and he's just like, he's completely in over his head. He's
1: got money problems, and he's got family problems. He's,
0: yeah, he's scared of being exploited, and then he he knows and he's And he has exploited.
1: one-on-one time with this, so we're like, oh my God, he's definitely gonna get turned.
0: Yeah, and then it seems like he doesn't, but then like, he does have like multiple opportunities where he could have just like left and it probably would have resulted in him being killed but you know like after his boss like killed the other guy he probably should have like just packed up his family and been like see ya
1: okay yeah i disagree strongly and with the show because Matt guilts him for being like, you don't think like after your boss killed Wyn that you should have done something? He's like, that was me doing something. He literally was like, I went into that house with you, Matt, into Dex's house with you. We basically got caught. I got shot. So I was like, enough is enough. I'm going to my boss and we're going to, and I'm going to come clean about everything that I've done, which at that point he has not helped Fisk at all knowingly. Um, And then his boss frames him for murder. Like, what is he supposed to do at that point? And then he does go back to his family. And Dex is there. He's at his family's house. The first time he returns home, Dex is there basically threatening him. I don't feel like he had... Like, what was he supposed to do? Who was he supposed to turn to?
0: It's easier for me to say this when it's like, yeah, of course. I'm not
1: really mad at you. I'm mad at the show because the show is basically saying that he was complicit. And, like, that's his whole thing at the end. It's like... Yes, I was complicit. Like, I'm going to do like this time in jail, which, like, fine. Like, yes, he did ultimately help with things. I mean, the only thing I think he should have done is try and kill Dex at the church. Like, I mean, because they had he that. He definitely should have done time. that.
0: And I, you know, it's like, it's hard to say. And like, I don't, yeah, I don't love that like Matt is like on his high horse about it.
1: But, yeah. uh, fuck I mean, Matt. Pretty
0: much anything that Nadine would have done would have resulted in him. Being killed somehow. But I think, like, if he had, like, blown the whistle to, like, the DOJ or something, like, Fisk isn't that high. He just has, like, the FBI, like, New York, like, central.
1: The FBI, chapter. he like, is able to rig an entire grand jury, like jury in yeah. an yeah. afternoon. Like, I'm not,
0: yeah, I'm not saying it would work. And obviously, like, he was in that position. Like, it's impossible. But I do think that there was, like, he could have been, like, I'm not going to.
1: Also, Talk it's his people. word against what's her name.
0: Yeah, Tammy. Yeah. yeah fuck Tammy. Which that I, was
1: such a good reveal because she seems so level headed and like somebody you can trust the whole which is obviously the point.
0: But. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just like it's so it's so rough, like knowing like where he goes. And then like finding out that him being in this circumstance like wasn't even bad luck like it was intentional the entire time yeah Is that, even worse? that it's been
1: like this long game which fisk says it's a long game in season two yep yeah but i do really appreciate the writing in season three because they introduced several new characters in this season and made them all like very well rounded we didn't need that much screen time even with what's her name um tammy to, like, understand all of these characters. Yeah. Even the woman that's, like, running the cameras downstairs, we get zero (laughs) background on her, like, how she ended up there, what Fisk has on her, but she's, like, rooting for Daredevil, and it's so great, and I'm like... Bring back this character. Love her.
0: I'd forgotten about <laughs> I hope her. As, she
1: survived.
0: <laughs> like the nicest person to work for Fisk knowingly. Like, She's
1: got like these things on her wrists. Like she clearly has like arthritis or something, but is in charge of like the <laughs> computers. I don't know. I just really, I thought the writing was really great in this season three.
0: Oh, it was. I and mean,
1: they went back, yeah, like you said, to, to season one, like more centered.
0: I think this is my favorite season and I think it's because like they had so much character development to build on and Fisk already having been such a great villain in the first season now has like this, all this extra ammunition and reason to want to go so hard against Matt and his buddies
1: and build up his protection. Cause he's like, I don't want to go back to jail.
0: Like the stakes are so high and I, I love it. I love it so much. They did such a good job of like, bringing all these, like, things full circle from season one, and oh, it's just so good. And
1: we love ending a season with a wedding.
0: We really do. A wedding that Fisk had to force everybody to come to, more or less. <laughs> <laughs> Including the, uh, Hasidic Jewish mob boss. Yeah. I have a lot of questions about Need him. more
1: information.
0: But, yeah, I mean, you're so right about all these new characters. Like, you already mentioned it earlier, but the, the flashback episode with decks, like absolutely incredible. And yeah, like we don't even get something like that for, for Nadim, but we have like, we're, we're introduced so quickly to to his family and the, the problems that he's going through. And, you know, they keep bringing that back and having his wife be, you know, respond to his actions the way that she does at the end of it, I think is a big impact on the decision that he chooses to make. Because he was like, well, I have, like, no future, basically. Like, so let me just, you know, the conscience kicked in.
1: Yeah. Which, Griffin lied to me while watching the show.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember. It was, like, an earlier episode. Molly's like, is Nadim going to be okay? And I was like, yeah, he's going to be fine.
1: I was devastated.
0: He was fine until he wasn't fine. Thanks, Dex.
1: Um... We also can I just
0: say that is the most sadly poetic thing is he dies in the swimming pool, the hole for the pool.
1: I know. So sad, Sammy. Um. So yeah, we get all the FBI business, and they just keep showing like, no matter what they do, Fisk is one step ahead. He's just an oppressive fixture now, and he is allegedly still in jail i mean in a penthouse jail that's just insane and that's what they keep talking about is like this is so insane like how and when karen goes in and sees like how like lovely it all is and
0: honestly even like when ray is there after the furniture has been put in yeah like that that point you're like oh shit like something has gone horribly wrong yeah it's this so is not a- <laughs>
1: subtle like watching it or not even that subtle but it's like you can really see Like the the, pieces falling into place. The word
0: that comes to mind for me when I think about Fisk in this season is just like insidious. Like he just has like his hand in everything. Even if the person doesn't know that they're being manipulated, they are. Like all the stuff, like whether it's Ray or Dex or like Foggy's family's like butcher shop being.
1: Yeah. Ever so
0: slightly, like, manipulate from the distance. It's I was like, really
1: mad at Theo, though. I thought he was being an asshole.
0: Uh, Theo was definitely being an asshole, but he was also panicking. He
1: was, like, so. blaming...
0: Foggy? Foggy,
1: though. Yeah,
0: Foggy did nothing wrong. Hashtag Foggy did nothing wrong.
1: Also, I'm mad at his whole family for, like, guilting him into being... Like, about being a lawyer. They're like, you should come back and take over the butcher shop.
0: Yeah. Leave your super well-paying job, which he does anyway, I guess, but... You know, it doesn't matter, though, because he's got Marcy to pay the bills. Shout out to Marcy. Like, yeah,
1: who... big ups to Marcy. I really like her, and I wasn't expecting to when she was, like, kind of introduced in the first season. Oh, she was terrible. Like, her first Even then, I wasn't really expecting her to be, like, end up being as big of a character or being so likable.
0: Yeah, I mean, when we first meet her, she's, like, straight up defending Fisk.
1: Oh, right, I like, forgot. We meet her in the lobby. Uh, yeah.
0: She's like an asshole lawyer mood, but like that's clearly like an act that she's putting on because she just got this like New cushy job, job yeah. at a very fancy law firm. But
1: also, I I didn't I didn't realize what they were doing with the love interest in the first season because they were clearly shipping her <laughs> they Foggy didn't know Foggy and Karen, and so then when they kept bringing up Marcy, I was like, what's going on? Like he and Karen have this thing, but then they were like. No, Karen's supposed to be with Matt. And I was like, <laughs> what? I don't ship Karen and Matt at all. I would just like to put that out there. I shipped her in Foggy, but then when she's kind of dating Matt, I really liked her friendship with Foggy. So then I was like fine with that. And I didn't realize that they were setting Mercy up to be like, Foggy's happy ending and I finally got that in the third season and I really liked that and I, I kind of like that they stopped messing with the whole Karen and Foggy like, thing. You
0: asked me like in the first season like oh like what are the love interests and I was like look <laughs> there's no consistent... You said
1: I don't remember. Well and then
0: I was like I'm pretty sure they're different in each season which is true because I, I was like kind even of. struggling we talked about how like at the end of it at the end of the first season they kind of have forgotten about this Foggy Karen thing. And I was like, wait, like thinking about it before we even watched it, I was like, there things are introduced that are not followed through. But I think it was for the best that season three didn't try to go back to any of that business.
1: Yeah. But I do think Foggy and Karen would have made a better relationship. Oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, no one should be in a relationship with
1: Matt. Well, not even just that. I just don't (laughs) think they had the same chemistry.
0: No. No, I think Matt and Electra had better chemistry. Yeah, the and they season,
1: tried to so. make it seem like they were soulmates in the end of season two, and even in the beginning of season three, like he's broken about Electra. Yeah. Like, I don't know, that was confusing, and I wasn't, I wasn't here for that. I
0: think the uh, the romances and stuff were not the strong suit, but I do love uh, Foggy and Marcy. I I ship yeah. Foggy and Marcy. I
1: by the end, I definitely did. I just thought that they. We're making her into, like, a booty call while he waited for Karen. And I was like, well, I mean, I guess, like, as long as he's, like, not alone. Like, (laughs) I didn't realize that, like, that was supposed to be a more impactful relationship. Yeah. But in hindsight, I do. Yeah. And then the, the rest of the third season is Matt trying to, like come back to himself and he's like regressed literally and physically back to his childhood like he's living at the orphanage again or at the church um he has lost some of his special senses like he's learning how to be blind again um I think that's all really good but I mean of course he's super annoying as all superheroes are but um I don't know. They, they just did that regression really well and him being like, I'm shedding Matt Murdock instead of I'm shedding daredevil. Cause like season two of daredevil is like him trying to get to a place where he no longer needs daredevil. Yeah. Um, I think kind of like a Batman thing. And then like, I mean,
0: cause in defenders he's like walked away from it. He's like, I don't need to do this anymore.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. Which I kind of forgot. And then, in, in like, the Batman way, too, he's like, well, I don't need Bruce Wayne. I'm Batman. And, like, that's kind of where we're at. Yep. And it's not three. good. It's not good. But yeah, it it's nice never to, good when they choose the... Uh, the alter ego? Yeah. Ugh,
0: no. But it is a nice change of pace to have somebody, like, foggy, like, when Matt shows up to be like, yo, what the fuck? Like, you can't do that. And just, like, having, like, all this... You awesome can't
1: just, like, not be yourself.
0: And having this time where, like, we see Foggy and Karen talking about it when Matt's not there is, like, very refreshing. Because it's like, yeah, you're going to have these people who are like, why is he being so weird? Like, what's going on?
1: Also, publicly, Daredevil died at the end of S- in Defenders, not Matt Murdock. That's your chance to get rid of Daredevil is at the end of mm, that. I don't want to. Yeah. Um, But so he's, like, wakes up weeks after Defenders happened at the um, church.
0: Yeah. It like really leans back into the religious aspect, which it kind, kind of... We had, been,
1: like, none of that. We had none of, none of the fatherland come in the in second season. In season two. Yeah, we, we moved you.
0: away from it, and now we're fully leaning back in, which is really great, because not only does it represent, like, the regression of Matt, like you talked about, but it's also just, like... They're getting back to, like, the roots of this show and, like, what makes Matt, Matt, um, which is a very welcome change of pace. And then having the introduction of Sister Maggie and the subsequent reveal of her as Maggie, not Maggie Burdock, because I don't think they are ever married, but as Matt's mom um, was really cool. It just added another layer to the whole thing. And that was just such a fascinating plot and it made me very sad that uh, Father Lantern had to had to die in this yeah. one. Yeah, you know, makes
1: sense. Somebody had
0: to. Somebody had to go. I just think the the strongest suit to me, like if I had to pick one plot thread, is just is Dex. Like it's so good because he's he's like,
1: a really good like villain. Yeah,
0: and he's like this like dark parallel to where Ray is at because it's like Dex was not really on a good. Like, he was his like life path was. Tenuous at best, like clearly he'd he, had, he had overcome a lot of trauma to the extent where he was like,
1: well, yeah, he's also being compared to Matt, right? Like growing up as an orphan, and yeah,
0: and like he was he was able to hold this job, and he was, you know, he's like a veteran, and like clearly he's come this far, and like
1: very good at throwing things and shooting things, and it's like really good aim.
0: You you kind of think about like if he had never been put on Fisk's detail, like he probably most likely would have been able to manage the rest of his life as he was like, you yeah, know, like he had a to his system. And, I mean, he
1: was stalking a woman.
0: Yes. Like not great, but he also wasn't, you he know, not doing anything completely off it. the deep end. And, uh, it was just, it's, it's a fascinating to see that Fisk kind of forced him into this spot by lying for him about what happened when he was ambushed. And, seeing Dex be like go from I don't want this I don't want to work for you like stop covering for me to being like I'm the new James Wesley
1: you're my daddy now
0: yeah and like Vanessa like when he stalks when he talks to Vanessa about it and then he like relays that to Fisk I was like I I love this because he clearly thinks of himself as
1: and Vanessa's like this dude is not okay (laughs) yeah
0: I feel like off off camera she was like um wilson like what the fuck i thought on
1: camera she basically says that she's like
0: i thought we had professionals here not whoever this guy is yeah kills old holocaust survivors to get a painting that you didn't even want
1: yeah that was rough because i had actually seen that scene before with you where he decides not to kill the woman and lets her keep the painting I didn't know it came back like that. That's rough because I was like, man, he made such a good decision. Love that for him, for Wilson. And then Dex just, and he gets blood on it. It's a white painting. Yeah, come on,
0: man. That's the least he could have done. But well, it like, gets a he lot did. of
1: blood on it at the end.
0: He probably just like threw a bunch of cutlery at her if we go by the how he <laughs> fights him the rest of this season.
1: Oh, man. I also forgot like the most horrible scene is at the newsroom.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely horrifying. He kills, like, the entire staff of the bulletin.
1: And it's the first time we see him in the fake Daredevil outfit. And it's just sad and, like, unfair and, like...
0: It is vicious.
1: And the common public doesn't know that that wouldn't be Daredevil. Like, why would they think that it wasn't?
0: Right. Yeah, they're not in the know about...
1: They don't keep track that, oh, you're right, Daredevil hasn't killed people. Like he's seen as like what he is right
0: yeah i mean that scene is very brutal but also a very well done plan by fisk i mean he's at the top of his game but that scene in the next episode like where we see like all the cell phones and evidence bags and people are like like, where are you like i'm worried i was like damn yeah that that was rough
1: yeah especially just
0: like you know not even, like, all those people that he killed are not characters. Like, we don't know who they are. But, like, having seen Ben Urich personally get killed by Fisk in the first season, it's, like, all these people were doing good work.
1: Yeah, no, it's just, we don't need to know them as individuals. Yeah. Like, we know the paper.
0: And it's almost, like, presented in the show. It's just, like, yeah, all these guys were just, like, collateral damage. And that's why Karen feels so bad about it. But, yeah, it's just... Because they talk so much about like the attack on the church and father Lantam getting killed. I'm like that. He just killed like 15 people, like two days before that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, we could kind of talk to it out of order. The other thing in season two, that's main plot is the state's attorney. And she's an interesting character that I meant to oh, bring up. Oh yeah. Riz. As her own, not quite a villain, but like an adversary. Yeah. Um, And like, obviously she gets killed, but um, that was all really interesting. And then I like that they kept towers in season three and like the whole foggy running against him like i thought that was all great and
0: blake tower is almost like a different character in the third season because in the second season he's like so much of a
1: oh no i think they kept it i think
0: he's consistent but it's just like go him going from like her right hand man because he doesn't have that much agency Mm -hmm. just to him like doing all this stuff on his own like when i watched season three i think i forgot like
1: that he was even a character. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they keep up that he's like not as corrupt as her, but is corruptible. Yeah. Or not necessarily corruptible, but willing to I mean, like not pursue things like, for his image.
0: They played to him like, oh, like you could be the governor, right. like if you help us. Like do he's this. ambitious,
1: like, but he's not as um corrupt as her, yeah, I think. Yeah. Is what they're trying to say. Cause he's like seen as basically a good guy.
0: Right. I mean, so overall, I think I, I had always thought of the third season as my favorite and this watch through like confirmed that. So for me, I think it goes seasons three, one, two. Two like uh, the highs in season two are really high, but there's just too many lows for me to like count it over the other ones. And even though season one can be like a slow burn, like we talked about, I just think it's, oh, I
1: meant that in a good way. It was, a Oh slow burn.
0: no, I know. Like, and I, I, some people I think don't like that, but I think it was such a great start. Not only for this series, but it was, you know, it was a really good launching pad for the Netflix Marvel shows, even if they couldn't all live up to the potential that it presented. Unfortunately, they could not have asked for a better season of a show to start it. And I'm pretty sure Charlie Cox read the scripts of the first two episodes, or at least the scripts of two of the episodes. I'm not sure if they were in order. And he was like, these are two of the best scripts that I've ever read for a TV show. So like. I'm in.
1: Also, can we just talk about him being able to play blind so yeah. well?
0: Yeah, well, it messed up his ability to get other characters because I think he said he would go into auditions and he would keep, like, not making eye contact. He, <laughs> he, played, a, yeah, he played a blind character for three and a half years. It's going gonna, it's gonna to mess with you.
1: Um, I think if I was to rank the seasons, it would be half of season two, number one. Punisher season two. um. Then the first season, then the third season, then the other half of season, too. Yeah. I think the third season was really good, but it was so fucking crushing to my it's, soul it is really... that it was hard to watch. Not, like, hard to watch. It was still really good, but I liked the... The first season had a more softness to it that yes. I, okay. I liked.
0: They're like the rookie lawyers, like, doing their yeah, thing. It yeah, was no. a little
1: bit more... fan, And I, I liked that aspect of it. Like I was sad that we didn't get them. Like as foggy kept saying, like, look at us working together again. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. The third season is like, everybody's in full crisis mode all yeah. the time and t- fucking tearing their hair out because <laughs> if they mess up, like everything's going to go wrong. So I get that. I really do. But I mean, overall, like what a, what a great show. And I'm, I'm glad that we rewatched it. Really enjoyed it this time.
1: Also, I think one thing that they did well in season one and that they don't have in season three is that um Kingpin or Wilson has people he has to answer to with these other gangs that he's working with. Like he's working with the Russians and Gao and Nobu and he has to answer to them and, and Leland, I guess. Um, and in the third season, like he is not working with anyone, he has no one to answer to except. I guess, of Vanessa a little bit at the end. Um, and I think that kind of hurts him. He doesn't have anything to check him. Yeah. He has no checks the back. That's really true.
0: Because, yeah, he has to he has to deliberate and negotiate. Yeah, and the only time we see him interacting with the other gang bosses in season three, he just kills one of them. Well, yeah, then... he's in
1: charge. <laughs> yeah. Which is what he always wanted. So it's like he did get everything he wanted. But,
0: but that's true, though, because I, I just did forget when we rewatched season one that he was not like... He was not all powerful. He had these equals and superiors.
1: Yeah, and he still had his plan. Yeah,
0: but he had to rely on these other people, and they weren't cards that he was playing. It was just like, (laughs) I actually have to deal with you like another human being. That's not his strong suit. Do you want some uh, fun facts?
1: I would love some fun facts.
0: So one that I was reminded of on IMDb, uh, but I actually did know was... The other early Marvel show before this, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., had several, I would say, one-sided crossovers with Daredevil, just in dialogue. <laughs> the main character of that show, Sky, a.k.a. Daisy Johnson, says that she grew up at St. Agnes's orphanage, which oh, is the one funny. that Matt is at. And also, there's a character in the first season, I think it is, whose name is Carl Creel? aka quote-unquote crusher creel who gets a weird power that he can like turn into rubber or something or he's the absorbing man and he was a boxer who apparently fought jack murdoch oh
1: yeah we see all those creel signs
0: but it doesn't really make sense in the show because the guy's like younger and it like doesn't really match up that he would have been boxing jack murdoch yeah okay we could probably justify it that way
1: like Um, matt yeah He's like the same age as matt yeah or younger
0: I think he, yeah, he'd probably be about the same age as Matt. But I think they even say that, like, he's, like, a boxer or something. But I guess it's like, his song, dad. yeah, whatever. Um,
1: I, I made up that plot for us.
0: Sure. Love that. We'll write it. That will never be addressed again because, you know, I, I feel bad for the people at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that are like, we're going to crossover <laughs> and No one ever acknowledges it. But for
1: anything. For everything.
0: The New York Bulletin... I'm fairly certain was created for daredevil and the Marvel Netflix shows because Ben Yurick originally wrote for the bugle. Uh, but of course they didn't have rights to the bugle. So they had to create something new.
1: Is and the bulletin and other comics.
0: I don't know. Like I, they created it for this and I don't know if it's been
1: like for the show for or the for show or, for the show. Uh, Oh, interesting
0: um, hmm. I think it probably was introduced to the comics after this but yeah they, you know the bugle so focused like and Daredevil is a character that works with Spider-Man a lot so having to disconnect him from that world must have been difficult but a lot of people were sad that Ben Yurik died because I think he's one of those characters in the comics that just keeps coming back
1: yeah he was great I really liked him
0: yeah he had, a, he had a good but sad story. One thing that I noticed in the Easter egg, alongside Stan Lee's picture being in the police office, which is like his... Uh,
1: his homage.
0: Police office, police station. Uh, there are all these newspaper clippings behind Ben Yurick's desk, and I think I pointed out a couple of them. There was one that's talking about like the damage to new york and stark tower during the avengers and there's another one that talks about the terror in harlem or something which is about the hulk the 2008 hulk but apparently i didn't even notice this one there's one that reads cybertech settles which is another plot from agents of shield cybertech is a there
1: is a crossover. i love that
0: cybertech's like this organization in the first season that's very controversial and i guess there was a lawsuit or something so okay, not as one sided as I thought. I mean, still not. I mean, huge I it's don't a background thing that's very easily missable. Know how big that is. You can't win them all, but at least they tried.
1: They acknowledge that it exists. Yes,
0: <laughs> and that's something. That's more than they got from anything else in the MCU. This one's funny. John Bernthal has said that he'd have fans walk up to him on the streets of New York City and tell him to do not mess this up regarding his Punisher role, and he would often walk across the Brooklyn Bridge to the set alone, intent on getting into the character's isolated mindset.
1: Wasn't there a movie, The Punisher, at some point? There were
0: two Punisher movies back in the 2000s. Maybe we'll watch those on the for the pod one day. Um,
1: were they good?
0: No. I think some people like the first one, because this guy, uh, Thomas Jane plays the punisher i think people liked him the second one not so much even though it did have dominic west who plays uh mcnulty in the wire playing jigsaw who's ben barnes's character in the punisher show claire temple is basically a comic character named night nurse (laughs) um and i think in the comics she like runs more or less a hospital that just treats superheroes who is it uh, Rosario Dawson's character, oh, yeah, which I think is fun.
1: I missed her in the third season.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know, like, where her character went.
1: I, I, I mean, into the Luke Cage world more so. Yeah,
0: but I guess like when they had her quit at the hospital,
1: I think she moved to uh, where is he Harlem? Harlem, yeah. Yeah, because doesn't she? She starts working there in in Luke Cage. She's like right. Yeah,
0: you're right. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. Well, there's a lot of small stuff, but the other thing that I'll leave in because I think it's funny, Leland Owlsley is his own like supervillain named the owl. <laughs> Which I I was looking up him as we were watching the show and I was like, I don't know. I don't know What's about this. He's, like a Wolverine he, type he's got that? a Wolverine haircut, and yeah, he's got, you know, he's got some clawed fingers. He usually appears as an enemy of Daredevil, Spider-Man, and Black Cat. <laughs> so, uh, you know, my headcanon now is that this Leland Owlsley used to be a supervillain, and now he's just retired and he's the money guy. He for... was
1: so annoying. I was waiting for him to die the whole season.
0: Oh, yeah. I'd forgotten how obnoxious he was.
1: I'm like, like, how is he still alive? He just runs his mouth.
0: You're on thin ice, buddy. Uh, he was no James Wesley.
1: He was no James Wesley. And neither was Dex.
0: No. And he didn't even really give it a good shot. You can't just kill people and be James Wesley. That's only part of the job. I think that pretty much covers it.
1: Yeah, it was a great, a great rewatch. If you haven't watched it in a while, I think it holds up.
0: It really does. And especially now that like, you know, we definitely have a couple of these characters coming back. The rumor is that, you know, we will probably see these versions of Foggy and Karen again somewhere fingers crossed for she hulk um definitely do yourself a favor and remind yourself about the the glory days of marvel netflix it's worth it
1: well for now we are
0: out of the superverse